Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to episode 77 of uh, Geek Town Radio. I'm here with a special co-host this week. We have with us Danny Curran, who you probably have seen on Trollid. You might have seen him on Critical. And most recently, you've probably seen him on Wasted playing Morpheus. So do you want to say hello, Danny? Hello, everybody. How you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. It's a pleasure to be on here with you, Dave. It's nice to have you on. So usually, I mean, it's it was great because we we kind of met up a few uh, weeks ago at this sort of channel four thing and i spent most of the evening talking to you and rose so <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we kind of stayed in one corner didn't we and really got we only really spoke to the people around us yeah stay staying away from the uh, scary looking tattoo fixer people <laughs> yeah didn't, yeah yeah you don't know what they're going to do with needles no no it's always dangerous you could spot them straight away because they were kind of <laughs> very painted <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> um yeah so uh what what have you been up to recently what sort of basically the way we usually start the show is to say well what have you been doing the last few weeks um so with you i've been uh what have you been kind of working on um, well, i'm working on a radio drama at the moment for the bbc which is something i've never done before Ooh, uh, cool! and they made an offer to me a couple of weeks ago to go and read some Emile Zola work so it's very different to sort of Wasted and Glenda Jackson's the lead in it and it's been running for a few series now so that's been quite fun to try something different radio I've, I've been really enjoying that so oh that's, yeah, that's, that's been, interesting yeah. yeah that's that's a very different sort of thing very much different from Wasted Wasted yeah. of course um we I mean we've mentioned Wasted quite a lot on, on this show because I absolutely love the series it's fabulous um do you just want to explain to to people that haven't caught it yet what it is it's basically a a comedy on e4 about four friends who live in the west country in quite a very small village and it's about the things that they get up to when they're bored uh ridiculous things sometimes uh but it's about their friendship really more than anything else and it's quite endearing even though it's mad and crazy sometimes, <laughs> the episodes, they, 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 they do all love each other in a weird sort of way. Uh, yeah, and also the, my character Morpheus is visited by Sean Bean as Sean Bean, basically, <laughs> basically playing a mix of sort of Ned Stark and Boromir, so that was, that's kind of, <laughs> that was fun. And it's interesting yeah. to watch those scenes back, definitely. Yeah, they, they are um, brilliant. And he was such 
a, a great sport for actually coming in and basically kind of ribbing his own characters, which yeah, is, I mean, is he's just fantastic. fabulous. He's absolutely fantastic in it, and he's hilarious, weirdly. And it's and it's weird. It's it's a mixture of what Sean's doing, obviously, but also the writing, the yeah. scenes that they've written for him. Yeah, and we pretty much there's a couple that are a bit improvised, but pretty much stuck to what the writers had written for him, and yeah. it's just fantastic. They've made this sort of like alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of uncontrollable. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's just brilliant because he is. Well, he is supposed to be kind of, um, you know, part of Morpheus's psyche. So there's a certain yeah. amount of that going on as well. Yeah. But it, it was, it was. I loved. There was a bit a couple of weeks ago where he tries to get him to say winter is coming, which yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I thought that was fabulous. He was having none of it. No, no, well, I, I, which which I'm sure he must get a lot as well, actually, in real life. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think he had to do any acting there. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, now, I mean, uh, you're on, what episode are we on? Four? Four of So we've six? just had four, which is the Berryman episode, yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. Five which... is on Tuesday, yeah, so we've just had four, the Berryman episode, which to me is just classic. We've all been to those country fairs. Yes. Quite like poor, poorly run country fairs where you kind of need to have a drink to get through it. <laughs> We've all been to those things before. So, and, and I think, I think they did a really good job with that episode. Yeah, no, that, that was a, a great episode. And uh, you ended up playing the Berryman and having to get painted green like some sort of Somerset Hulk, which is yeah, quite yeah. good. <laughs> it was great. And also trying to be really serious with the girl <laughs> yeah. variant and trying to, trying to play like the, sort of the stakes really high, but dressed like that is just, I mean, you don't really have to do much. <laughs> no, it, yeah. it was particularly ridiculous, but um, <laughs> just hilarious. I'm yeah. so funny. It's so well written, that show, and uh, and the four of you in it are just brilliant. So I'm... I'm oh, do you know what Do you know what tonight's episode is? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, tonight's episode will be episode five, which is called Come Down Day. So it starts with kind of a night out and then it's the day after where Kent's really badly hung over the girls are hung over and go to a barbecue and Morpheus takes Kent's mum out to cheer her up because she's split up with her husband that's, that's not all I'm going to say because I, don't, I can't say what else happens no that's not going to end well <laughs> <laughs> no, no it's not it's not <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that. That that yeah. should be really good fun. Um, moving on from from the, the sort of actory stuff. Yeah. What what sort of uh, TV shows and, and games and stuff are you into? Because we had a conversation earlier about No Man's Sky, which is, is uh, one of the has become my obsession the last couple of days. So, I'm, well, No Man's Sky is. I, I did like a, a walkthrough on YouTube yesterday when you said about it, and I'd already spoke to someone about No Man's Sky. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> it's going to buy a PS4 because yeah. it's just incredible. It is really, really good fun. Uh, if if you've kind of missed the whole No Man's Sky thing, it's, it's basically a game which is there's a certain element of Minecraftiness to it because uh, you are kind of mining things, but it's this... It's this huge open universe, essentially, where you you start off um, on a crashed in a crash ship on a planet. So you start off having to fix your ship by gathering resources around on that planet, and then 
you get into your ship and you fly away into the stars and once you've got the resources to uh, fuel up the hyperdrive on the ship you get to jump to another system and then another system amazing and then another system it's uh, and and you can investigate all these planets i mean you could literally spend a week wandering around one system quite happily i'm sure and just level up there if you want i read today dave that there's 18 quintillion planets on there (laughs) which means if you if a player was playing and discovered a a planet every second you could play for eight five hundred and eighty four billion years <laughs> yeah that's well, that's, I, that's how crazy this is yeah it is it is ridiculous i mean the um I, i'm still oh i'm probably only about 20 planets or 20 systems away from where i started because the problem is you 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 end up um you you, you get to name every system that you discover oh wow so um and every planet and every animal that you discover on that planet and every plant you discover on that planet so um and most of the systems of the sleep because it's only just been released i mean i'm playing on pc but it, it's only just been released uh over here so a lot of the things haven't been named yet and it's such a huge game i don't know how how soon you'll you'll find players discovering you know, coming across things that have already been discovered right yeah. so so i i don't know but um yeah i mean i i'm sort of playing through it you know fairly slowly because you 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 get to a new system and then you'll kind of scan the system and it'll say uh oh there's an outpost on this planet so you might go and visit that and you'll go and land and you'll meet one of the aliens and they might give you something and then you can uh you might scan on the planet and then find that there's something like an alien like ruin nearby so you might want to go and have a look at that and yeah and you just get distracted so easily (laughs) just kind of wandering around as someone as well i mean i did physics with astrophysics at university i mean this is my game (laughs) <laughs> if I don't buy this game, I'm never going to buy another game. Because I was back in the day, I was sort of command and conquer and that sort of thing. And there was a time when I did football manager and those sort of boring games. Yeah, but yeah this yeah. is my game. This this really is my game. And apparently, the team that built this thing, this game, is really small. But they taught the computer to come up with its own systems. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's all procedurally generated. Yes. So yeah, the 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 they they're not building the individual systems. The systems are built out of um, algorithms. Yeah. So that's how they're constructing the systems. Incredible. And uh, yeah, it's it's a little indie team that built yes. it. It's there's not that many of them. So I mean, they've done a phenomenal job. They're gonna, with it. I mean, it's going to be great for them as well, isn't it? I mean, it's. It's yeah. going to be huge, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's already... I mean, it, it's getting a few mixed responses because of the fact that the uh, version on PC particularly is a little bit shaky, but we, you know, we always get that. I mean, I could have bought yeah. it on PS4, um, and I, but my, my natural go-to gaming platform is a PC, so yeah. I, I, buy it and P, I bought it on PC. And, um, it's, I mean, you've got to tinker with it, but, I mean, for me, it's been completely playable and i know there's a lot of people that have had a lot of problems with it but uh you know you you get that with um early release get or you know first release games uh that just happens because the problem yeah. with, problem with developing for a pc is 
you're not developing for a platform. You're developing for a hundred different platforms yeah. that are all similar but slightly different. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember that back in the day with some of those old games where you had to like pick where you'd go through Microsoft and it'd say, "Do you want to go on va- advanced player settings or media yeah. player settings?" Because just so they could cater for each PC. Yeah, I and I mean, you, you, yeah, I mean, you still get that. You can tweak a lot of the graphics settings and that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, and I've got them tuned down a bit so it runs a bit smoother at the moment. And but it's it's all stuff that that will get ironed out, and we should be able to ramp things back up a bit later on. It's just yeah, you know, it's you're always going to get this when you release stuff for PC. But the game itself, I mean, you know, is great. It's it's just really good fun um it's wonderful just being able to walk around and explore things and find new stuff i'm having i'm having great fun i don't know how long my attention will last on it and whether i'll end up going back to the witcher 3 for a bit or you know which is my other go-to game but um yeah i mean you know it's it's really good really really the thing i noticed as well one last thing on it is that um it's actually quite educational i mean like I remember some people didn't really enjoy physics and stuff at school, but when you're doing about space and stuff, if you could teach them through a game, I mean, there's so much, yeah. all the stuff with like collecting hydrogen and collecting different elements to build your shit back up. I don't know. I think it, I thought it was quite interesting in that respect. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I mean, the elements. Obviously, it's it's obviously a very simplified system, but it, yeah. it you know, it does. I, it's very true as an educational tool. It could work quite well because yeah. you are, you know, various elements do various different things. You've got to collect certain things, you know, um, to to be able to trade or or build up, um, uh, build bits for your ship and that sort of stuff. So yeah, I mean, I I think it, that could work very well as an educational mm. system. So, yeah. 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 No, it's good fun. Um, regarding, uh, what, what do you do for, uh, in, in, you know, are you gaming anything at the moment or do you not game very much or? I don't game very much anymore. I seem to be quite busy for it. And I, and I quite, but I, when I do, I've got like old school things. I've still got Mario Kart on the SNES. <laughs> I've still got a game, game Boy. I mean, I yeah, don't switch yeah. to Game Boy on that often, but I love kind of like old school games. I mean, I've got a PS3, and I sometimes play because I'm quite into football as well. I sometimes play sports <laughs> games on there, but I haven't really played. I haven't really got into a game. I mean, Grand Theft Auto when it came out, the newest one. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is you know, it's a classic game, but um, not really. But I think I think I'm definitely going to get No Man's Sky definitely. Yeah, well, it is. It's worth buying the PS4 for. There's, yeah, it's a, you know, it's good. It it, it is worth getting. Um, what about TV? What other TV have you been watching? So recently, there's two things I've been watching recently in tandem, and kind of with my job, you kind of, I don't know, you tend to, you, you tend to watch as much Box stuff. Sex. As you can. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and try and you know try. It's half the fun and half the sort of your job. But I mean, I've started watching The Sopranos again from the beginning. <laughs> I'm sort of halfway through just because I, I was talking to a director ages ago about how good it is and I thought I'm going to watch it again but then yeah. this week I've discovered Stranger Things oh yes have you watched that yet? yes yes I, I binged watched it over about three days I'm quite enjoying it I'm halfway through the series but I'm really enjoying it I think it's fantastic yeah, I mean, as uh, uh, it totally speaks to me that show uh, as well. Being because I'm 41, so yeah. um, you know, I grew up through that. You know, through yeah. all the original movies. That's my you know, 80s is my generation. So um, that that's that's kind of uh, d- just 
all the touchstones in that show that it's go back to the eat. kids in it the kids and that you can tell i think it, the guys that created it the duffer brothers are quite new on the scene yeah. I mean, no wants to watch because as soon as I watched it, I mean, I felt like the, the adults in it, sort of Winona Ryder and things, they all play second fiddle really to the kids. Yeah, the, the kids, kids are amazing. So incredible in it. Yeah, no, the the kids are just phenomenal um, in in that show. Yeah. Um, I, the the girl, the the little girl in particular, oh, the Millie little, Bobby Brown, I think. Yeah. Name's- Bobby Brown, yeah, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, just brilliant, and the uh, the the little kind of um, uh, Finn is it Finn Wolfhart or is That's that the guy? Yeah, yeah, Fantastic. plays Mike. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. Um, yeah. And uh, oh yeah, the kid uh, Gaten as well. That Gaten uh, Maserato, the the yeah. kid that plays Dustin, he's very funny. Yeah, who's um, a sort of almost a kind of chunk character from yeah, uh, is, um, yeah. from Goonies yeah. yeah really good I mean the adults are great but the kids really steal that show it's just and brilliant. all the 80s pop culture and the sci-fi in it it's just if anybody's not watched it you've really got to start yeah yeah no it, I, I, I think we mentioned we did mention Stranger Things last week it, it just really really worth watching really yeah, good definitely um, any, anything else I'm quite into my documentaries, so uh, <laughs> I quite like documentaries. Uh, what else have I seen recently? I'm trying to think films. Oh, I went to see the Ghostbusters film. I quite enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. I've still not got round to that yet. I'm, I, I, it's one of those I'll get on video, I think. Uh, yeah. Or, you know. I mean, I, enjoy, I love the original Ghostbusters because as a kid, they were so incredible. Yeah. So I, I, I went in not trying to compare it to that. And I yeah. actually quite enjoyed it because of that. I think if you try and compare things... You, they're never as good as the original, but I think it's so different in its style that they, they, yeah. they, they, they really smashed it. So Yeah. I, I do want to go and see it, but um, yeah, I, it's one of those that I think I'm just not going to make it to the cinema to it. I think I'll have to wait until it comes out on DVD. So Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, regarding my sort of TV stuff. Um, the the you go talking about going back and watching box sets. Netflix being brilliant for that sort of stuff. I've started watching the Gilmore Girls. All right, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that that's getting another series. Yeah, because partly because it's getting another series, and partly because you know how Netflix almost feels like it's nagging you with something. Like every time you turn it on, yeah. there's one show that always pops up and go, "You should watch this." You should, you should watch, watch this. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, fine, I'll watch it. It's just hilarious. It's really funny. It's it's quite gentle, but but extremely funny and it's the characterizations are brilliant it's cozy and warm I remember yeah. seeing it originally when it came out just because it was on when I was a student in the daytime yeah. I remember um, it, 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 it was kind of great actually really good on a hangover <laughs> yes yeah I can imagine that would be a really good hangover good show hangover the Gilmore Girls yeah 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 no I can imagine that would be a good hangover show um mm. Yeah, I I just I really like it the characterization of the the mother and the daughter is just wonderful and very yeah. sweet and the writing's brilliant and it's kind of you know sassy and you know it's just brilliant i, yeah. I really enjoy it so um unfortunately it now means i've got like seven seasons of that to get through <laughs> i know that's a, but this is the problem now there's so much tv and it's great for us actors people yeah. are making so much tv but I, I don't get around to see things i mean like homeland just passed me by you know what i mean it's like there's all these things that have you seen this? Have you seen this? And it's quite hard to actually see them all. 
Yeah, yeah. Find and ha- Homeland's such a great show as well. It's uh, you yeah. know it's such a shame to miss that. But yeah, it's um, that there are some great things out there at the moment. There's so much decent TV as well. Yeah. Um, Amazon and Netflix have changed the whole thing, and and also they're starting to now do co-productions with sort of Channel Four and ITV and stuff. I mean, uh, I did an ITV drama early in the year, and that was, you know, all there's loads of American producers on it, and then Amazon Prime bought it. It's kind of there's a lot of money coming in, which is helping. Yeah. Well, the, um, there's a, a Channel Four show coming up, uh, Crazy Head. Is, oh yes, uh, E4, is Netflix. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a yeah, C4 show. Um, he's co-funded by Netflix um, and stars your friend. Uh, what's her name? Susan McComa. That's Susan McComa. That's it. Yeah. So there's that coming up, which is a co-funded show with Netflix. Um, and she looked slightly terrified when I pointed out to that I don't think Netflix have cancelled a single one of their original dramas yet. No, they haven't. No, I mean, <laughs> no, they, but, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's just they, they've changed the face of watching films and TV forever. Yeah. They really have. I mean, and I think in a way, in a good way. Because more people get to see it, there's more people who can afford that amount of month to watch Netflix. Yeah, and I mean, you can see why there are so many people that that cord cut now, and you know, don't get a Sky installation when you can get Netflix and Amazon and and now TV box for the same price. Yeah, exactly. So you know, why would you? In fact, for for the we we worked it out once. It's actually. I think you can get Netflix, Amazon, and Now TV for the same price or slightly less than the basic Sky subscription. Yeah, because you see a lot of the Sky, uh, someone who's a Sky customer because I like my sport, yeah. a lot of that subscription, even if you're not getting Sky Sports, goes on the sports, on the yeah. Premier Football, you see. So that a lot of their money goes that way. Yeah, well, it's the sports and the movies, I think, more yeah. than anything else, because, you yeah. know, they, they tend to have quite a lot of the, the new films. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It, it's uh, they, they have done a fantastic job, and I mean they've barely put put a foot wrong with the dramas, no. you know. Um, no, particularly every, on Netflix, everything's brilliant really on there. Yeah, yeah. Even really like the good. documentaries, like Making a Murder and stuff like that, you just go that, you know, that wouldn't be on TV anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean that that's the thing. They um, the wonderful thing about Netflix is they don't release ratings, so nobody knows actually how well. Um, something is doing so you can't kind of get any doom mongering from the press yeah it's purely judged on whether somebody thinks it's any good or not and they know whether people are watching it um because they have all those statistics and they know like something like the gilmore girls they've probably bought a new season of that for the simple reason that people were watching the old episodes yeah Exactly. Know, and uh, so it's it's an amazing business model, um, you know, and and that's what changes TV. I mean, that's yeah. what that's what's making the difference. Is, I mean, they'll have to follow suit eventually. Sort of ITV. I mean, and the kind of E4 and BBC Three going online is quite good. It's bad in some respects. BBC Three going online, but it's good respects. I.e., ratings. Yeah. Because you're not fighting everybody, and people can watch it when they want. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you do that, obviously, all the ratings are to do with advertising. But I think we don't give to, I mean, like Utopia, which I loved and I was lucky enough to be in one episode of here. Yeah. It wasn't getting massive figures, but it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was an amazing show. And it, it very much depends on the audience that, it, that the shows are targeted at. I mean, yeah. um, Uncle, which is a, a big show for BBC Three. Yeah. Um, 
when it went out on the channel didn't do as well as it did online yeah um you know and because i i remember i was talking to uh, lila who's one of the two creators of it and uh she was saying saying that the numbers online are, are huge compared to the numbers that they they used to get on broadcast so when bbc3 announced they were going online it didn't really bother them because no you know that's, that's where, where their everybody's watching it anyway yeah yeah We've had that a little bit with uh, Wasted because uh, viewing figures-wise, I was talking to the lads, the writers. We've done quite well. It, given that it's the summer and yeah. given that the Olympics is on, yeah. I think after the the first week we had the double bill and then on the, the week after we had one ep on and the numbers went up, which is very rare. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it went up slightly uh, watching it live on TV and then obviously all four. It's one of those shows, I don't know, because it's quite young and and the way it is i think a lot of people are kind of telling their friends to watch it and watching it on all four yeah no i'm sure i'm sure they are yeah um and i mean you know and you can go back and get all the episodes of that on on there right now so if yeah. you haven't seen it go and watch it because it is it a great watched, show. Yeah. yeah yeah definitely yeah <laughs> <laughs> um a couple of other things this week as well uh, there was a new rogue one trailer come out i don't know whether you caught that yeah i did catch that yeah yeah with uh with v- a very brief glimpse of darth vayner's helmet which sounds dirtier than it is at the end yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah uh so yeah the, there was that um which which came out this week and that looks like a phenomenal movie i'm so already, looking forward to that already the cast i mean i was just looking at the cast forrest whitaker felicity jones ben mendelson who's incredible and then Riz yeah. Ahmed, Jimmy Smith's really good actors as well. Yeah, just amazing actors. And I mean, what what a joy it must have been for Gareth Edwards to basically be essentially given a full-size version of his toy box that he had when he was a kid. Exactly. I mean, that is just everyone's dream. Yeah, because it's, it's, you know, all the classic Stormtroopers, um, all the classic, you know, things like Atats and, you know, classic characters and yeah you know, i mean you can't the only thing you can't use is the primary characters pretty much apart from vader um you know but, but yeah. they've just i mean what a phenomenal job they seem to be doing with it i'm so looking forward to it, 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 to they've that. really done well i mean the, the one that they brought out what was the one called that's just come out that came out and smashed all the records uh, force force awakens oh so. my god i mean it was incredible that movie yeah yeah just, I, that, just incredible yeah, they did an amazing, amazing job with that. Um, yeah, I'm also I'm so happy that Alan Tudyk is is voicing the uh, evil Empire robot uh, K2SO in, yeah, yeah, uh, in it yeah. as well because I'm a huge Firefly fan. So, so yeah, yeah. I'm really happy that he's in there as well. Um, there was there was some some sad Star Wars news this week because uh, Kenny Baker, who who was for for the young people that didn't realise, R two D two originally had a person in it, um, yeah. and that was a little guy called Kenny Baker, um, and he passed away this week after after a long fight with illness. But um, so it's it's a great show. The, the, what amazes me about that is is the amount of personality that Kenny's actually responsible for R2-D2 in those early yeah. films. Um, things like when R2 got inside, got excited and kind of rocked side to side yeah. was entirely Kenny. Yeah. You know, that was like, well, I need to do something. So, you know, this is, you know, the, the kind of rocking side to side thing and kind of to show the enthusiasm was entirely him. So, um, 
you know, and he was such an integral part of of the whole process. And and there was always rumours about the fact that that uh, him and Anthony Daniels didn't get on. Didn't get on, no, apparently. They really didn't get on. um, Didn't get on in real life, which sort of only just goes to suit the two characters as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. apparently they hired him on uh, Force Awakens as well, didn't they? As as like a specialist to come in and talk about. Yeah, I think he was sort of. Yeah, he's sort of a consultant because at this stage they're using, yeah, mainly r- robotic controlled. Um, yeah, R two D two. In actual fact, they they when they were going, they said they were going to use R two D two again. They actually went to some of the R two D two builders clubs, and got them to provide sort of details on how to build and help build the new R2-D2 that you I mean, see in the, the Force Awakens. I mean, that, that's why that movie's so good, though, because it's got so much love in it for yeah. the originals and everybody who worked on them. And and so you you felt like everyone was willing it to do well. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fantastic, um, uh, you know. So I, I'm I'm really looking forward to Rogue One coming out. I, I think... That's going to be a and Vader. I mean, film. Vader is just. Yeah. I think he's probably. Someone told me he's the third best baddie of all time, behind Hannibal Lecter and Norman Bates. <laughs> yeah, and then it's Vader. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm sure I, that there was a, must have been a pulse of where that had that. Yeah. Head, I'm sure. Yeah, but no, he's uh, he's great. I don't know how much they're going to end up using him in the movie, but. Um, yeah. Uh, nice to have him back and still voiced by James L. Jones as well. Exactly. So, the voice, so. that voice is something yeah. else, like liquid gold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that coming back. Uh, the other thing that, that popped up today actually was um, there was a sneak peek of series seven of the walking dead. There was a little trailer that popped up for that. Oh which yeah. I don't, yeah. Uh, I don't know whether you had a chance to watch that, but I haven't um, seen the trailer. No, but I, I quite like the walking dead. But there, there is a, a little bit that um, popped up online. It didn't really give away a huge amount. Um, it's basically a shot of Dwight, who yeah. is is the person that has the conflict with Daryl. Yeah, most of the yeah. time, Dwight from the Saviors riding Daryl's bike and appearing to be wearing Daryl's jacket uh, or Daryl's kind of waistcoaty thing. Um, yeah. which is, has got a lot of people slightly concerned at what happened to Daryl, yeah, <laughs> given yeah. how the last season ended. So I, I suspect, I strongly suspect that's a misdirect. Yeah, um, that's that's to get people in, surely. It's, uh, it's Daryl yeah. and Carrot. But yeah. actually it'll be more interesting than that, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the, the general consensus is it's either going to be Abraham or Glenn. That, that got Lucille to the head uh, at the end of last uh, last season. So uh, I don't know, but um, I suspect Daryl's okay. I hope Daryl's okay. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, so yes, I, I, but I am looking forward to that coming back. Uh, should return to the UK on 24th of October. Uh, 24th of October, that should be back on Fox. Um, a massive show, that, though, isn't it? I mean, I've got a friend who played Morgan in it, Lenny James. Oh, really? Yeah. And he was he, he sent me a video not long ago where he was at Madison Square Garden and they were doing, like, a talk about it and there were thousands of... He said it was incredible. It was like being a Beatle. <laughs> he walked on stage and people were like, it's Lenny James. James Morgan and people were like screaming. Yeah, 
Just it's, it's massive over there, isn't it? I think it's the biggest ratings in America at the moment. I'm sure. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm sure it is. Um, I mean, I've seen some of the cast interviewed uh yeah. at comic cons and stuff and uh, one of the one of the girls i used to work with actually went to uh, to school with the uh, the girl that plays maggie um whose right. name escapes me now but uh <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's such a massive show such a such a huge show um I, it, they also i mean they've i'm glad they've started bringing talking dead on over here as well which yeah. is the the uh, the show that runs after walking dead because that always used to run on amc in america and they finally they last season they brought that over here as well so yeah. uh as as he said in a lot of the trailers it's basically you know we need a place to talk about this stuff so it's great yeah. for that sort of thing because it's it's good sort of analysis of the episodes and things so i'm really looking forward to that coming back as well so Wicked. should be really good yeah so I think we've we've talked enough about general chit chat. Let's move on to some film and TV news. The film and TV news this week mainly comes from the Television Critics Association summer press tours uh, in the US, which are something which they they do and they basically get everybody to kind of come out and they do panels and that sort of thing. So. Um, there was a a huge panel for the uh, DC CW shows. Uh, do, do you watch any of the superhero shows, or have you seen any of them? No, I haven't. No, not yet. I mean, I've, someone's told me that Arrow's amazing, and like I say, it's on my watch list, which is growing by the second every yeah. minute I talk to you. But I, I sh- yeah, I've I've heard that they're really good, and they they're doing a crossover, aren't they? Well, they're, they're doing. Uh, they've got numerous crossovers. Uh, they've there's a crossover which because the, the the basic history of it is Arrow came first, then Flash, then they introduced Supergirl, but it ran on uh, a different network in the US. But they yeah. ended up doing a crossover with Flash because it ran on uh, CBS and everything else runs on CW. Last season, CBS dropped it, so they moved it, moved Supergirl and over onto CW. And there's also Legends of Tomorrow as well, which is another show, and they're all part of the same universe. Right, right. So, so they they are all kind of occasionally you'll get characters from one show dropping into another, and uh, and that sort of thing. And each season they've done crossover events with Arrow, Flash, and Legends. They're now doing a crossover which is going to go between Arrow, Flash, Legends, and Supergirl. Uh, so there's that. But there is another crossover which they announced, which is between Supergirl and Flash. And the reason it's between those is because it's a musical crossover episode. Wow. Joss Reedon has a lot, lot to answer for ever since he did ever since he did that Buffy episode. <laughs> Yeah, everybody's doing musical crossovers now. Yeah, so the main reason for it is because it's actually quite a musical cast, just generally, because uh, there's Jesse L. Martin who plays Barry's adopted father, the Flash's adopted father. Uh, He's a sort of song and dance guy. So, and he actually got chance in last season to sort of show off some of his vocals. So they did that. And I think that sparked a kind of idea. Plus, you've also got the two leads, uh, Grant Gustin and uh, Melissa Bernist, are both ex Glee people. Um, oh, right. I see. So Next. I. Yeah, so I think they they just looked at it and gone, well, we've got all these kind of song and dance people in in the shows. Why yeah. don't we do a musical episode? Might as um, well. Yeah, might as well. So that's what they're doing. Uh, they've said they're probably going to use in most part existing songs for it, although they, they are talking about maybe composing some new tunes for, for Flash and Supergirl. 
they they were saying there's apparently already a lot of singing on the set. There's as as a lot of cast have musical backgrounds. Greg Belanti, who is the mastermind of the whole CW DC thing, um, yeah. is saying that he'd like to bring some of the cast on from the other DC shows as well, uh, rather than just Flash and Supergirl, because there are other song and dance people, most notably John Barrowman. Um, oh yeah, who, who he's has actually got a deal across all the shows because um, he's back next season. He's primarily a character from Arrow, but he's actually going to be a villain on on a number of shows. I, I suspect if you're doing a song and dance episode of that, you would have to tie Barrowman up in a basement somewhere to stop him being involved. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I, I think he'd probably do that for free. Yeah, I'm I sure think he, he would. His engagement fee to be involved, John Barrowman. <laughs> so, um, I yeah. I, I suspect Barrowman will be in there somewhere yeah, as well. I because I just yeah. I I don't think they're going to be able to keep him away. Um, <laughs> so there's there's that coming up. Uh, they've cast a guy called Grey Damien who was in Aquarius and Friday Night Lights and Starcrossed. Oh, yeah. They've cast him as a character called Mirror Master on Flash, who is one of the big rogue villains from the flash comic books uh it's a character called sam scutter he's a smooth criminal with a huge ego upon discovering he now has the powers to travel through any reflective service scutter embarks on a massive crime spree to prove himself the greatest thief that central city has ever seen so uh that could be quite good fun do you you not fancy kind of getting a role on one of these superhero shows i would love to have a go i mean i can't i don't know what they'd write for me (laughs) <laughs> movable object I mean I, I don't know what, I don't, <laughs> slightly peeved man um, but Grey Damon actually is perfect for that when you read the thing there because I think the guy who played in Friday Night Lights was like quite had a big he, ego so you can see why they've gone that way with the casting but yeah I'd love to have a go I mean my, my, my thing's always been I'd love to have a go at everything really yeah and I can sing so if anybody out there is listening <laughs> Greg Berlant is singing I can sing so <laughs> maybe there'll be Yorkshire man, maybe. Yeah, or the berry man. <laughs> the berry man, of course. See, yeah, that's exactly. what you want. There the berry man. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the other things is they announced one of the big bads that is coming up for the uh, the next season of Flash is uh, a character called Savitar. There's basically there's going to be two big villains for the next season. One of them will be this guy called Savitar, who is a speedster. He basically got struck by lightning. He was a pilot that got struck by lightning. So uh, there's a lot of the origin stories are very similar for a lot of these characters. But yeah, yeah he he was a pilot. He got struck by lightning. He but the interesting thing about Savitar is that he studied the speed force more than a lot of the other characters so um, he's got different versions of speed powers and uh you know he could and he's basically a kind of mastermind of speed so uh that's one of the reasons i think they're probably using him is because it's a way of advancing barry allen into kind of being able to to do more and more stuff with his speed powers so i i think that's the reason that they're probably going to uh to use him but they have said there is another big non-speedster villain as well coming in next season so so there's that so Maybe maybe the evil berry man. The <laughs> evil fast berry man. The evil fast, fast berry, berry man. man. Yeah. I can't see myself being a fast villain somehow. <laughs> Invisible. Yeah, or no something. offense, but neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so over on Supergirl, there's a few bits of casting. Uh, Chris Wood, who played Kai on Vampire Diaries, who's a horrible, creepy character, and uh, Jake Riley recently on Containment is playing Monel on Supergirl. Monel's not a Kryptonian; he's a race that's very similar to Kryptonians. Uh, so he's, I think, he's probably quite an interesting bit of casting for that. Uh, and Sharon Leal, who was in Hellcats and Dreamgirls, is playing Miss Martian on the show as well so those are the other two bits of of casting for supergirl over on legends of tomorrow lance hendrickson who is is probably best known to most people as bishop in aliens oh yeah uh, has been cast as uh, obsidian from the justice society of america which is an interesting casting because obsidian generally in the comic books is seen as a much younger character and for some reason they've gone for a much older guy to play him and I, i'm sure there's a reason behind that unless he's maybe only doing the voice because obsidian is basically a sort of his face is kind of a black hole essentially so yeah yeah so maybe maybe he's just doing a voice for it i don't know but um and lance henriksen's got a great voice so yeah you know that's quite good in terms of of the length as well, one of the things they've said is, for some reason, Legends is only getting 13 episodes or has only been picked up so far for 13 episodes, whereas Arrow, Flash and Supergirl have all got 22. Wow. Um, yeah, see, I mean, that's you and your little six episodes. No, I mean, like in Britain, I mean, the, we did Critical, we did 13 episodes of Critical and and that was huge. I mean, I don't yeah. know how they film it. They must just film, just keep film, just film every day. Six yeah. days a week, fifty-two weeks a year, because that's so much to film. Well, that's. I mean, they. Well, they. They must take because they go on break. So, I mean, they. They probably do eight months, maybe. Yeah, they must mm-hmm. do. Yeah, I mean, because so, we did about that for critical. I mean, it was slightly different. The 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 stuff we were doing took a lot longer. The the medical stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, it's incredible that 22 episodes is... Yeah. It's weird, though, because usually if they do 13 episodes, it's put in what they call mid-season, so it would usually... The the other shows will come back in sort of October, September, and then what they did last season, because that was the first season of Legends, was that started mid-season, which is January, February, so it basically starts halfway through. But they're actually all starting at the same time. They have said there is an option to pick up the last nine episodes so it may go on to be 22 episodes as well uh but for some reason they've only picked it up for 13 and i don't know why it's a bit odd considering out out of out of all the four cw shows legends ran on the cw last season so did arrow so did flash supergirl is actually the new show to the cw mother's day is around the corner Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, and that's got 22 yeah that's and that's got 22 which is, is weird yeah so um yeah i, I don't know I, I don't know why they've done that but um there is an option to pick up more so they may do that i, I you know we'll see what happens with it and over on arrow the, there was one bit of casting news which was 80s icon and star of the expendables dolph lundgren 
he's joining the show in the they have these flashback sequences and he's joining in the flashback sequences because they're this year they're set in russia so he's quite an appropriate person to, to pick perfect, for that. yeah mr russia himself <laughs> yes so um i'm i'm amazed he's he's going on to do a tv show but yeah you know, needs I, must now i mean films <laughs> not are dying really i mean i don't know if they'll make another expendables so i suppose I suppose yeah. it's where, oh, really for for these for those stars i would yeah. imagine Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. And I mean, I guess there's there's such a blur between film and TV these days. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, um, it's definitely much more blurred than it than it used to be ten years ago. Yeah. So, you know, I I mean, although most of the time when you're talking about that, you're talking about those big HBO shows and things like Game of Thrones. But yeah. but you know, I you know, an Arrow's a, a network show, but I still think you know it's a it's a good place to to go and earn some of your retirement baby <laughs> exactly yeah exactly <laughs> so uh yeah that's it for the dccw stuff there was a casting call for or a, or a casting announcement rather for a new show coming to sky atlantic which is called tin star this stars tim roth and um uh christina hendrick that's the lady sorry i yeah. completely lost the name no, i'm uh, just saying it because i because i love her yeah. I'm in love with it, so I just thought I, I knew that one. Yeah. Um, so Tim Roth, Christina Hendricks. The story is that Tim Roth plays Jim Worth. He's an expat police officer uh, who starts a new life, or British police officer starts a new life by moving to Little Big Bear, which is this idyllic little town in uh, the Rocky Mountains in Canada. Not long after their arrival, there is the opening of an oil refinery nearby, which uh, leads to Little Big Bear becoming this big boom town, uh, bringing, but that brings with it sort of waves of drugs and prostitution and organized crime. So Jim takes a stand against the oil company, but not long after that, somebody makes an attempt on his life. Life. Jim ducks the bullet, but his family get killed. So it's then becomes not entirely clear whether the bullets were were related to the oil refinery or whether it's something else in Jim's past. Mm. He goes hellbent on revenge and forms an uneasy alliance with somebody called Mrs. Bradshaw, played by Christina Hendricks, and, uh, and Louis Gannon, who is um, played by Christi- Christopher uh, Hendrick. I'm never going to pronounce that name. I can never pronounce his name. Christopher Heyerdahl. Heyerdahl. Yeah, we'll go we'll go for Heyerdahl. Uh, Christopher Heyerdahl. So um, it's basically a revenge tale. So Christopher Heyerdahl, you'll know from uh, Hell on Wheels, where he played the Swede. Uh, he was in Sanctuary, Twilight Saga, yes. Gotham. He's been in recently. They've also cast Genevieve O'Reilly, who you might not recognise the name at the moment, but you will once Rogue One comes out because she's playing Mum. She's playing Mum Martha. So yeah. uh, Kevin uh, Hanchard, who plays uh, Detective Arthur Bell in Orphan Black. Orphan Black's a great series if you've not gone into that yet. No, I need to get into that as well. That's another one. Yeah, that's definitely one to watch. Uh, that's all on Netflix as well. Um, yeah. Abigail Laurie from Casual Vacancy, Oliver Cooper Smith from Dickensian, um, Stephen Walters from Outlander, Ian Paulson Davis from Marcella, um, Rourke Critchlow from Pretty Little Liars, and Sarah Pomitsky from Cashing In. So that was the sort of casting announcement for it. I, I that does sound like it could be quite a good show. I think so. Um, and with Tim Roth heading it up, you know, it's going to be of a certain quality. Yeah. Him to even say he was going to do it. I mean, I think. It sounds good, that, you know, and I, like I say, I'm a big fan of Christine Hendricks, so 
I think I think it I think I'll probably watch that. Yeah. I Sky I just got some amazing stuff out at the moment. I mean there's there's this, there's Riviera, which we talked about last week. They've got one coming up with Idris Alba in it. Yeah. Um there's there's a whole host. There's there's like something like who was it, twelve or nineteen original dramas they they, yeah, they commissioned going for it, Sky. Yeah. And they, as we said last week, they, it's like they looked at HBO and went, that can't be that hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, and I think with Sky, uh, you know, they've had some success and it's quite hard for Sky, like like we were talking about earlier, because so many people have Sky for sports and movies. Yeah. Sometimes their TV goes missing, mm. I find. And so, well, we found that with Critical. There's lots of, I mean, you yeah. know, I'm quite proud of that show, but it didn't find a... They put it on a weird time on a Tuesday when they had Champions League football on. So everyone who had Sky was probably watching Champions League. So it just didn't get an audience. But I think they, they, they've got the right sort of... They put enough money behind it and they really pay the writers and stuff. And I think eventually they'll have some massive breakthroughs, I would imagine. Yeah, and I mean, I I think where they do really struggle is Sky One dramas, which is... Yeah. That was the Sky One drama, wasn't it, Critical? Yeah, I think it was on the wrong channel. Yeah, um, whereas if you put it on, medical dramas seem, I think, to work better on Sky Living or depending on the type of drama it is, Sky Atlantic. Yeah. Um, I mean, the uh, Fortitude, which was on Sky Atlantic, was an amazing show. Yeah. Um, and the their version of The Tunnel as well, which was great. And, you know, yeah. they've done all sorts of things, which, uh, you know, their Sky Atlantic output, output really is kind of up there with some of the HBO stuff. So, yeah. you know, I, I I think that they'll get there and I think the, they've really seriously thought about it this time out. So Yeah, definitely. Uh but that that's called Tin Star. It's coming out some point next year. That'll be out. So they're shooting it now. So that'll be one to look out for. And the last new story we've got is Star Trek Discovery. Again, this came from the um press panel thing. Star Trek Discovery, there was a whole load of new information that came up about that. Are you a Star Trek fan? Yes, I do like Star Trek. Back in the day, I used to watch Star Trek. (laughs) I like the idea of this one, though. I mean, you can explain more about how they're going to try and make it slightly darker. Yeah, so this one, basically, uh, Star Trek Discovery is the new TV series. It's run by Brian Fuller, who is the man behind Hannibal and Pushing Daisies and Dead Like Me. Uh, Did you ever see Pushing Daisies? Pushing Daisies is an amazing show. Just brilliant. Fantastic show, yeah. Yeah. As was Lee. Hannibal. I loved Hannibal. Well, yeah, Hannibal was great. It's what well, Dead Like Me was really good as well, actually. But um, he's uh, he's had some superb shows out there. So he's the person behind it. The idea is to bring Star Trek back to TV. They're setting it in what they refer to as the Prime Universe. So that's the original TV universe, not the universe that's in J.J. Abraham's new movies. Right. Um, yes. So it's back in the original timeline. That was one of the most genius bits of writing from J.J. Abrams when he made that, because yeah. recasting Star Trek was always going to be a problem because mm. people were going to get so upset at the fact that you've recast Kirk. Whereas if you say, well, that history all still exists, but this is an offshoot of it that happened at yeah. this point in time. And we've even got that, you know, we've even got the original Spock to come in and yeah. cross over universes. And 
I just thought that was a fantastic I, piece I, of I actually think J.J. Abrahams is is one of the best at the moment. I mean, what he did with Star Wars, what he did with uh, um, Star Trek, he, he's a bit of a genius, I think. I mean, I'd love to work with him. He, I'd, yeah. you know, I'd be a yeah. runner for him because he's just, <laughs> he's just you know, he's, but he, he's yeah. incredible. His mind is incredible. Yeah, no, I I just thought that was an absolute piece of genius work. Yeah. And yeah, like you say, it was the same thing with Star Wars. He managed to, to navigate his way through something without trampling over everybody's you know, love of it, which yeah. is just brilliant, you know. Um, and I think he did that with Star Trek as well. So because the Prime Universe is still intact, they're, they're going uh, back to that. It's going to be set about 10 years before Kirk appeared at Starfleet. Um, so it, it actually sets it prior to, to both universes anyway. Uh, it's going to be designed to bridge the gap between the Enterprise TV series and the original series. Right. Um which puts an interesting conundrum in place for the production designers because yeah, because you, you're you're in a point there where they've got to go, well, hang on a minute, you know, we're moving towards this kind of campy 60s set. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, I mean, the, the thing with Enterprise was it was set 100 years beforehand. So yeah. they made it look more submarine-like, mm. um, which sort of makes sense, you know. Yeah. But you're now setting this very close to the 60s stuff. So, and also, yeah, with cameras and stuff nowadays, like the way people, and if they do want to make it darker, uh, darker than the original, I suppose it's going to be quite difficult. You, you, you're really right there because cameras now make everything sort of look weird anyway. I mean, imagine if yeah. you filmed the old 60s set with cameras today, it would look even weirder. Well, yes. I mean, you, you just, you couldn't, do it in that way because no. you'd see the bits of tape that were holding things together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You, know, you, can't do, you can't do. Well, it was one of the reasons why they rebuilt, rebuilt the TARDIS in Doctor Who yeah. was, um, and why the TARDIS kind of had that regeneration because of the fact that it went from standard definition to high definition, and it looked terrible in high definition or didn't look <laughs> anywhere near as good. So they had to rebuild it. So yeah, I mean that that's kind of interesting he's confirmed that it the 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 basically the series is going to be more serialized rather than episodic so mm. it's going to be he's described it as basically being one big book with uh, each episode being a chapter there's 13 episodes in it he's saying that it's going to be based around a big event which is mentioned in the original series but it's not the Kobayashi Maru, it's not Axanar, it's not the Romulan War, which are the sort of a few of the events that were around just yeah. before kind of Kirk arrived. So he's saying that uh, fans should be very happy. Um, he's he's very excited to see it, obviously being a huge fan himself. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, don't know exactly what it is, but it sounds like it's something that's based in Star Trek lore. Um, yeah. He's also said that you might at some point see versions or young versions of the original series crew pop up at some point, but it probably won't be in the first season. It's more likely to be second or third season because they want to establish it first before they start doing things like that. So, um, I mean, he's in good hands, isn't he? Because he's so good. He's, his back catalogue's so good. Yeah. And so I mean, the, as, as well as those 
shows, as well as Hannibal Pushing Daisies, Dead Like Me, um, he started writing. That He actually got his start writing on Star Trek Voyager and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, wow. So, oh, so I mean, that's it then. I mean, it's going to be a hit. Yeah. So, it, you know, this is not a guy that's, you know, didn't know the stuff. He was, yeah. and the reason he got onto that was because he badgered them because he was such a huge fan of it. Oh, so, so this is going to be, it's going to be another sort of J.J. Abrams thing and he's going to nail it, it I would imagine. I, I I would hope so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he, 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 he it's in very safe hands compared mm. to you know who it could have gone to. So one of the things, this was an interesting little kind of change. They've not announced actual casting yet, but what they have said is that the lead character will be a woman and it mm. would be a human female member of Starfleet. She would be have the rank of lieutenant commander with caveats, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, but she won't be the captain. And a lot of the press reports came out and went, oh, the new show is going to have a female captain or going to have a female lead. It is having a female lead. But what's interesting is it's, there is she's not in charge of the ship. There is a captain on that ship as well. But the captain isn't the lead character. Well, that's quite interesting that he's gone down that route. Because they then went on to say that there is a captain on the Discovery, but... They're not. Uh, they've not specified a gender for that because the script doesn't specify it. So it could be a male or female character. So yeah, I I thought that was kind of interesting because and they they've talked about the fact that they wanted to do it like that because it gives a slightly different perspective from it. It always coming from the captain's point of view. Yeah, definitely. You know? And I think you'll probably get. I think you'll probably weirdly. I think you'll probably know more about the captain because of that as an actor, because yeah. you'll see it, you'll see it through her eyes. And in a, in a sense, you'll yeah. see the captain, you'll see all of the captain more weirdly, even yeah. though he's not fronting it. So yeah. in some respects, you'll see, you'll see his effects on everybody else. Yeah. I, I think that's sort of what they're going for. I, I yeah. quite like that idea that, that, you know, you, you're following one of the other members of the crew, not the captain on it, which is, is quite good. Um, They've said that there's going to be seven main cast members or around seven main cast members. They're promising a few more alien characters than you usually get on a Trek series. They've also said that they intend one of the characters to be gay. Now, that's not just some token gesture and or them being politically correct. It's specifically because Brian Fuller, when he was writing for Voyager, got a huge swathe of hate mail because the character it came out there was a rumor that came out that the character seven of nine played by jerry ryan was going to be a gay character and he got bags this was you're talking what mid 90s this uh, mid late 90s and he got bags and bags of hate mail about it crazy which is ridiculous well Um, i I hope he does that. Well, he will do it. I, yeah. I think. So, so it's it's not him doing it as a token gesture. It's him basically doing it because it's a middle finger to all those people that wrote him hate mail. And so <laughs> he should as well. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I also think it's great to have the, the, to the for the lead to be a female because you know there's still like a lot of um, a lot of casting goes sort of sixty five percent male, thirty five percent female, and I think it's I think. Like the Ghostbusters we talked about earlier, I think it's really, really important that women are leading yeah. things up, and and it's fifty fifty splits and stuff in this yeah. day and age. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. Particularly if there's no, you know, in in those particular situations, as they said with the with the um, captain character or that, there, there is no need for it to be a male or a female. No, 
you know, that it's not written in a specific gender, therefore it, it could be either. So, you know, they've also mentioned that there are going to be robots in the show as well, but it's not clear whether they would be crew or, or sort of a villain race that they come across or how, how they're going to interact with things. So yeah. uh, that's kind of interesting. But yeah, as you were saying earlier, one of the things that he has said is he's, the plan is to make it a lot darker and a lot grittier than previous Trek stuff. Yeah, so, I, mean, I think that's the way TV's gone. Yeah. In in, 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 in many years. And and I love the original Treks, but, and, but they were quite, um, sometimes everyone was quite laid back about the danger they were in. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I loved that. And it did, it was quite funny in that respect. But I think, for audiences of today, I don't know whether you'd, you'd be able to find that line, comedy, drama line that it did sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, that's a lot more. It. That's a lot more difficult. I, I think, yeah, they're talking about it being slightly more graphic content. They're talking about the language being somewhat fruitier. Uh, yeah then you know um because you know what's the natural thing to, to say if you've been about to crash your ship into a planet exactly. you know? um so they're, they're saying that 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 may change slightly um so it's not going to be exactly what you've seen before on star trek but i think that's fine you know i think it's got it's got to move with the time yeah, yeah, it's got to, so, yeah. In terms of where you can see it, it's going to be coming to uh, start shooting in October. It will arrive in January. In the US, it's running on CBS. Over here, it's going to be on Netflix. So, um, yeah, so you'll be able to catch the whole thing on Netflix. It was part of a deal that they did for, for a whole load of the Star Trek back catalogue. I think all the other Star Trek stuff is on there already. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't know. I didn't realise that. So you can you can basically go and watch all the Star Treks right now. On, on God, they, they really are smashing it, Netflix. <laughs> a, I mean, it's incredible what's on there now. Yeah, it's an amazing amount of stuff. So, yeah. brilliant. Um, so yeah, but uh, January next year that will arrive at the same time or the day after it it lands in the US. So, um, so look forward to that. That's all the news for this week. So next up, we have the interview. So the interview this week is with a guy called Christopher Glass. He was the production designer for the recent Jungle Book movie. He's worked as a production designer or storyboard artist on Spider-Man 3, Charlotte's Web, Da Vinci Cold and Hulk, to name but a few. But yeah, like I said, the most recent thing he's been on is the production designer for John Favreau's retelling of the Jungle Book, which was out quite recently. We got to talk to him about how he designed the sets to work working with green screen and digital effects to just create this sort of amazing digital jungle that is what you saw on screen. So this is Christopher Glass. Uh, this is the interview with him. It's 15, 20 minutes long, I think. So we'll see you afterwards with some air date information. Hi, Chris. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. So thanks for coming on and talking to me today. Nice to uh, nice to be in contact. You're you're on to talk about your your work on the Jungle Book, where you're production designer. Yeah. Do you, do you just want to give me some context to what a production designer does on a movie like? Well, traditionally on a movie, a production designer is responsible for the look of a movie and basically everything from sets to props to characters sometimes and even costumes, but you know there's a costume designer. Yeah. But back in the old Hollywood days, the yeah. costume designer was involved with that. But you know, they're pretty much these days, 
responsible for everything except for costumes. <laughs> um, and we work closely with the director and the, and the DP and the DOP and the costume designers and, and um, we'll figure out the overall look of a movie. And on a movie like The Jungle Book, because it's such a different approach to making a movie, yeah. it's traditional. My job is actually, believe it or not, pretty much the same. It's to design the look of the movie, but the tools that we have are different. Right, yeah. So instead of, I mean, a lot of tools are the same. We have artists. I have a, a, a huge team of illustrators and artists, and that sets the ground the foundation of what this movie is going to look like. And I had character designers. We had, you know, we had people designing Shere Khan and Baloo with all the, all the characters. And then we had people designing the environments. We kind of broke it down between characters and environments. And then, then we're building, then we start to build virtual sets or virtual locations. Yeah. I call them virtual locations at this point because basically uh, what we do is we create a 360 world that you can actually walk, not physically walk around in, but virtually take a camera and fly around in yeah. and then scout. Uh, uh, scout it as if you're scouting a location and say, hey, should we set up a camera over here? If we like the location, do we want to use this? we like the trees? Do we want to add trees? Do we want to change the cliff? Yeah. Um, so it's a process of that. And that goes on and on for the duration of the entire movie, basically. Yeah. Um, and then once we hone in on a set that we like, then we kind of, we overlay a, like an actual physical set Which is, you know, um, you know, the Jungle Book's such a beloved thing, and particularly the, the original Disney version as well. How daunting is it to take something like that on? Yeah. You know, John, John, John has kids, I have kids, a lot of us have kids on this movie, and we just, we kind of sound like kids ourselves making the movie, we're like, wow, wouldn't this be cool? 
Yeah. It, it all kind of emanates from that childhood fascination. Yeah, yeah. You're, as you say, you're, you're, although you do have a few kind of bits of, of real set, predominantly the, this is, um, a photorealistic digital world that you're creating. Um, there, there's the issue of kind of when you're creating digital characters, uh, the, the thing that's referred to as uncanny valley. How, how do you manage to kind of work around that? You know, the, the sort of the problem with having things like uh, anthropomorphized animals and, and, Getting that to work and 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 look convincing on screen. Uh, that was always something like we were constantly aware of. Yeah, that was something that was always in in, in our every day. We we would reassess. We would look at things. We would we would say, okay, is this is this uh, starting to go you know into the uncanny valley? Is this, yeah. Have we reached Have we reached too far in anthropomorphizing an animal? Yeah. Um, and sometimes we did. Disney way of animating. I mean, they had video reference. 
Yeah. But they did table radio. They didn't read. They didn't really like act this out. Yeah. And Bill Murray didn't uh, <laughs> act this out. But, but, but um, you know, these, these animators would, they look at Bill Murray or they look at other movies from, with Bill Murray. Actually, right. They reference other things that he's been in. Yeah. And then they would, they would use that. We, we never had like dots on Bill Murray's face and captured his face. Right. But, okay. of the animals as well you, or, or yeah there was that hand animated stuff as well all hand animated wow I mean I think hand animated I mean it's all done on a computer but yeah yeah, I, but yeah. The, the, the actual people keyframing yeah the animation step, step by step yeah they're watching videos of actual animals like they're looking at reference videos of animals but, but we never we never had an animal we like like for the tiger we never had a tiger on set and said hey jump from here to here and then yeah. Capture that, you know, yeah. That's, not, that's, not, that's not how we made this movie. Yeah. I can imagine that would have been a particularly easy way to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the first phase of making this movie, we, we did have the motion capture phase, we called it, but it, it really was like a previous. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even want to call it previous because that, that's like making it sound too small, but it's, we had people that represented the animals on set. I see, yeah. But, but, but they were more like placeholders or like they would move and then basically a stiff puppet version on, on the computer would move like the tiger. And then it was more of a blocking pass. And, but, but none of that information goes directly. It's not like Andy Circus and, and yeah. where we were. They had dots all over them and then they yeah. Yeah. just motion capture. This yeah. movie was actually made. Yeah. What was the most challenging thing of making the film, do you think? Well, I mean, time is always the most challenging thing, besides <laughs> time. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, that, that Uncanny Valley thing is, is, was the most challenging thing, like always trying to find, Yeah. you know, but we, even post-production, I worked with the vendors, NPC and Weta. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So 
thank you, Chris, for it's been wonderful to talk to you. Um, have a fantastic yeah. day. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. Cheers, bye. Bye-bye. That was the interview with Christopher. I hope you enjoyed that. Next up, we have some air dates. Air date information this week. No cancellations, which is good news for all actors. Yeah, <laughs> way! <laughs> um, renewals this week. We've got Ray Donovan. It's been renewed for a fifth season. Wicked, uh, wicked, uh, wicked show. Great show. Uh, Homeland renewed for two more seasons, taking wow. up to season eight. So she's, it's just, you should catch up on Homeland. I need, I need to do this. Yeah, you're right. Just brilliant. Um, Claire Danes is just amazing in that show. And Zoo has been renewed for a third season. Have you caught Zoo by any chance? No, no I've seen the adverts for it and I thought, <laughs> I don't really want to watch that. No, it. Oh, it's it's actually quite fun to watch. Um, it yeah. is the most preposterous TV show you will ever see. The basic premise of it is that the animals have banded together, caught a virus, which <laughs> yeah. is, has caught a virus, which has allowed them to communicate with each other, band together and attack the humans. So right. in yeah. the last episode, you had a sloth which could cause earthquakes and <laughs> they brought, the, brought down a building with the help of some moles so <laughs> oh my god so does it, does it is it is it a comedy no <laughs> no it's played straight wow it's played straight it's it's as i say you, you've just got to get over it and kind of go i with might it. watch one now you've said that you know i think i might it might be quite funny yeah, you just just uh, you should watch it. it. It's the most preposterous idea for. It's based off a book as well. It's the most preposterous idea I've ever seen for a TV show, but it is quite entertaining to watch. And the characters are well written, and it, you know. But it, it is it is the most ridiculous premise. So, <laughs> so, but um, it it. it, it works well for CBS uh, who are the network that have it in the US uh, and they struggle really struggle with summer seasons um yeah. over there and uh, this is still dragging in an audience so uh, oh, it's oh, got rid of for a third season it's got rid of for a third season um <laughs> So changes and updates coming up. Uh, we've got a show called Game of Silence, which only ran for one season. It's an American show, but it's an American remake of a Turkish crime drama. Uh, that's now landed on Amazon Prime, so you can watch that from right now, uh, from 12th of August. Great British Bake Off Season 7. Uh, season got- 7? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes, it's been around for seven seasons, that show. Uh, it's coming to BBC One on the 24th of August at... Uh, 8 p.m. So if you want to go watch people bake, there you go. Um, uh, Victoria, which is the show Jenna Coleman left Doctor Who to go and star in, which is about the reign of Queen Victoria, coming to ITV on the 28th of August. Duck Quacks Don't Echo, season five of that. That's We described it as QI meets Call My Bluffs. Uh, Lee Mack as sort of head of this science show, 29th of August at 8 p.m. That returns. Uh, Mount Pleasant season six that returns on the uh, 29th of August at 9pm. What else we got? Clever Man season one coming to uh, BBC three, which is the modern reimagining of Aboriginal mythology in a new sci-fi drama. Wow. That sounds a bit like zoo. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds a lot of things altogether. 
Yeah, that's that is like somebody picked up a bunch of like random words out of a bag. <laughs> yeah, it might uh, be quite good though. I mean, well, it may very well be. I don't know. Uh, that's coming in uh, autumn at some point, and don't have an exact date for that yet. The Night of, which is uh, based on Peter Moffat's series Criminal Justice, it's an eight-part show which delves into the intricate story of a fictional murder case in New York City, coming to Sky on demand on the first of September. That is so. I don't doesn't look like it's getting a broadcast, but it's it'll be on Sky on Demand. That's so. Red Dwarf is Way. back. <laughs> Red Dwarf season eleven um, or XI as it is now. Yeah. Uh, that's coming to Dave on the twenty second of September at nine pm. Were you a Red Dwarf fan? I was back in the day. I used to love it. The last series they did on Dave, which was a couple of years ago, when that ran, actually was quite good. Yeah. Not the special. The special was a bit dodgy, but the um, the the actual series was was quite good. So uh, they've actually shot the eleventh and the twelfth series now. Twelfth series will come out next year. So, so there's those Star Wars Rebels season three. Uh, that is a brilliant show as well. If you're a Star Wars fan, I know it's a cartoon. I know it's on Disney XD, but if you're a Star Wars fan, go and watch it. It's fantastic. That's 24th of September. That is arriving. I don't know the exact date. It, it used to run quite early on Saturday mornings. Yeah. Um, so I've, I don't know, but that's, uh, yeah, that that's well worth watching um, if you're a yeah. fan of that. Ash vs. the Evil Dead, uh, season two of that coming to Virgin Media On Demand in October at some point. Don't know exactly when yet. Uh, it's a shame that I ended up on Virgin Media because it means an awful lot of people don't get to see it. Yeah. It's a real pity that. The Man in the High Castle season two coming to Amazon Prime on the 16th of December. Did you see the first season of that? No, I've got it lined up to watch, but everybody's told me how incredible it is. Yes, that one's really good. So well worth watching. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 16th of December for that. And season two of Billions comes to Sky Atlantic in February, we believe. Assuming they run it close to the US air date, which is what they sound like they're going to do. So uh, Billions, and again, that's another one if you've not caught it, well worth watching. I've seen Billions, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. So uh, yeah, Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti again. Uh, back on again form, yeah yeah just on great form so well worth watching that and a couple of shows returning next week we've got fear the walking dead for the six people that have amc global that uh <laughs> 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 actually have you got have you got the um uh, the the bt channels on no uh, i haven't no i uh, don't have the bt channels no yeah so that's the problem is is you the only way you can get AMC Global on Sky is if you buy the spend 20 quid a month to get the BT Sport channels on Sky. That just seems crazy. So they but you can't like spend a fiver to get AMC Global, which I'd happily do. Yeah. You've got to spend the 20 quid to get and have the sports channels oh, and then AMC Global comes stupid. as part of that, which is ridiculous. And so not, that's because of Premier League footballers' wages. And don't yeah. get me started on that. That's because <laughs> of that. That's why they're trying to make some money back yes for more rants on premier league football go go to danny's twitter feed <laughs> by the way what we'll just plug your twitter what's your twitter account at danny corinne corinne is uh a spelt k-i-r-r-a-n-e for yeah. those people uh, looking for it but uh yes it is it is or has been recently it was mainly politics and football <laughs> yeah it's been politics football a little bit of wasted yes a wasted um, yes few few yeah 
Yeah, go, go <laughs> follow me if you want. If you don't, yeah. I'm not bothered. <laughs> um so yes fear the walking dead uh back 22nd of august at 9 p.m on amc global ripper street season four that comes to bbc two on that's well it's it's already been on amazon prime but the bbc two airing starts on the 22nd of august at 9 p.m and uh there is a, a new show called one of us coming to BBC One, which is out a newlywed couple who returns from their honeymoon and are promptly murdered. So, Wow. <laughs> so I have no idea what that will be like, but uh, yes. Uh, 23rd of August at 9pm, that turns up. And that's everything for this week, unless uh, you've got anything like else you'd like to add, Daddy. Uh, it's been fabulous, Dave. I've had a great time. Good. I'm, I'm glad you have a great time. Thank you for coming on. It's been uh, lovely to have you on. You'll have to come on again at some point. I good. would love to. It's been a pleasure. Brilliant. All right. It's, it's been wonderful to have you on. You've been a great co-host. So you can add that to your CV as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Um, if you want to get in touch throughout the week, you can uh, come to the website at geektown.co.uk uk to see all the latest news and air date information if you want to get in touch you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk you can find us at geektown on twitter or on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown or on instagram at geektown uk that's everything we shall see you next week bye 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 A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.